but again the the things that you talk about in the book actually did happen and were going on in Argentina in this time period uh 1970s uh cold we're talking like cold war era uh, can you explain for the audience just what exactly was going on at this time in Argentina and what your from the the patrons that you were describing earlier the conversation that you had and uh, your clients, sure. uh, what they yeah. went through. Okay, well, and we'll get to the client part just at the end of it. So um, there was a military government. The regime was uh, had taken over in a coup, and there were protests against that. And now overlay this. This is also an era where people were concerned about communism taking over the world. The che Guevara, people speaking up for the lower classes. So. Um, the military was frustrated by the guerrillas, and these are the leftist guerrillas, they're different groups that were causing havoc. Frankly, they were you know, throwing bombs, grenades, they were killing people, they were targeting assassinations of executives and so on. The military was very frustrated. And at a certain point, they decided to pull out all the stops and literally eradicate the opposition. And um, they picked up people who were suspected of being terrorists, which probably meant if you had a beard, if you wore blue jeans, if you were a labor activist, if you were a professor, if you were a judge, if you were an attorney, uh, I think 50% of the people who were picked up were labor activists trying to get uh, unions into the companies. Um, the, the, and the total uh, offered by the opposition, the, let's say the, the left, as to how many of their people disappeared, in quotes, uh, was about 30,000. The military say that's a gross exaggeration, it's just propaganda. And I, you know, we'll talk about my actual conversation with a member of the military, but they said, you know, it was grossly overstated. It was more like 8,000, 8,500. I still think that's a lot of people to disappear. And Absolutely. when you read, read books about this or um, watch uh, documentaries, you'll see really, you know, what it was like. If they picked up somebody, they would torture them until the, the person gave them names of other people or they got their address book and then they'd go pick up the other people. They would take them out of their schoolrooms. They would take them out of their homes in the middle of the night. Uh, sometimes they would leave a, uh, a truck in, you know, in a residential neighborhood with bodies hanging on meat hooks to intimidate the population. Um, so it was a very, very treacherous time to be somebody who was anti-government. And um, my client, and, and I, I wasn't aware any of this really, except to the extent that that friend told me that their friends had to check on each other at the end of the day to see if they were still there. I wasn't reading anything about it. I don't even know how much of it was in the US press and I didn't know anything about US involvement in it until I actually did the research for the book. And there I found uh, at a certain point in time, a treasure trove of information was made public under Freedom of Information Act. And we see things such as a, um, a confidential top secret memo by Henry Kissinger or of a meeting with Henry Kissinger, then Secretary of State, where the military attache, whoever it was from the Argentine government is explaining their frustration with the rebels and asks for US support as they try to annihilate them. And Kissinger says, get it done, just get it done before Congress gets back in session. Wow. So that's the kind of thing that I heard that made me feel very badly about our role, although I didn't have the full picture of you know really what was going on, how much the CIA was helping or training, which all these things came out later. And anybody who's interested in, in becoming a scholar in this doesn't have to go too far to find books and, and YouTube 
um, stuff posted. There's other doc there are commercial documentaries and other documentaries that show the same kind of thing. Um, so the client, now in, in kind of a parallel track, the mm -hmm. client was an Argentine banker. And he came to us in Brussels because he wanted to buy a Belgian bank. And he had a, a Belgian bank, a Luxembourg bank, a bank in Israel. They had lots of banks in Argentina. And then he was in the process of buying a bank in the United States. And his private uh, charter jet going from New York to Acapulco crashed one day. And we were given notice of that. And allegedly, he died in the crash. And his body was identified, although the remains were charred and he was done cremated. Within a couple of weeks, all the banks that I mentioned in this network of banks around the world failed. Uh, money was missing. Millions of dollars in phony transactions were discovered. And so there was speculation maybe that he wasn't in the plane, that he did it, you know, he set it up so that it looked like he's in the plane. And uh, the guy that, the, the client, well, the, this is the client, the banker, but the fellow that we dealt with, and I never actually met the client, the fellow that we dealt with was his right-hand man, a, an attorney, and I did deal with him quite a bit, traveled with him on business, knew him well, got a wedding gift from him, and we learned that he was picked up and interrogated by the military about the money, where's the money, and what's, what went on, and he died under torture. And that's the last I heard of it, and then I left Belgium to come back to the States, and I didn't know, was it true? Did the guy die in the crash? Why did the right-hand man, Jorge Rubenstein, die? Did he die? What were the circumstances? There's a lot of question marks. So for a while, I researched it, trying to get some closure here, and then realized that like, there was dead ends everywhere that nobody knew. There was some talk that he was that the banker was seen, I think, in Spain, but you know, even like Elvis is seen elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know, and I laid it, put it down for a while, and after a while decided to you know, do some further research and then decided I was never going to really come to a conclusion on a factual basis so that I should just fictionalize it with the idea that um, the guy who died should not be forgotten, Jorge Rubenstein, so the book is dedicated to him, mm -hmm. and that people uh, should know about these kind of things, that this uh, notion that if you uh, don't like criticism, can't stand a protest, that you should just disappear people, without them having broken any laws or having any trials, um, that people should know that this goes on. And hopefully, if they're aware of it, uh, history will not repeat itself. Before I even finish the book, history is repeating itself. So that's kind of wishful thinking that history will repeat itself. It does. And it's even you know, on a greater scale, in a way, which I can talk about.